What's up, Black Men Can't Jump comic book fans? James III here to talk to you about my comic series, Junior, available now on Kickstarter. The ghost with the most past due child support is back in four brand new issues of this semi-autobiographical supernatural comic series. It's got all sorts of spooky hijinks for fans of Beetlejuice, The Good Place, and The Mummy, stuff like that, and features award-winning artists from Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, and more. It's available on Kickstarter through June 9th. Go to ruleof3inc.com or follow me at ruleof3inc on IG for more details. Donate today! At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked off the vine, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've completely overhauled our process to shorten the time from harvest to home for our tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. Because we know how much you love fresh produce, we give you more time to enjoy your tasty fruits and veggies at home. So whether you're shopping in-store, picking up, or prefer delivery, we're committed to bringing you the freshest produce possible. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Yeah, man, I guess you got you got me here, and we're talking about Cuba Gooding Jr. again, John. Of course, why, we're doing a wait, mini- Why are what you, are you yelling? What? Wait, why? It doesn't make any why sense. Why are you mad at <laughs> We're doing a mini-series. We all agreed to it. All right, here, here's what I want to do. Our last episode was Jerry Maguire, in which yep. Cuba Gooding Jr. won yep. an Academy Award. Yep. Best Supporting yeah. Actor. Because he, he was shown the money. <laughs> you yeah, know, everybody knew who Coo- uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. We, we still, we still haven't decided. I'm calling him Cuba this episode. I'm still calling him Cuba now. <laughs> everybody knew. Everybody knows who he is. Everyone knows who he is. All right? He's on yes, top of he's this he's the game. man. All right. Here we go. Next film that comes out that he's in, as good as it gets. Now, we talked about this a little bit last week. He plays, he plays a supporting character, but he's like fifth or sixth on the call sheet, right? Like, you yeah, got Jack yeah. Nicholson, you got Helen Hunt, who both... Right. Win- and this is a huge movie. This movie gets Oscar nominations. Jack Nicholson wins Best Actor for this movie. Helen Hunt wins Best Actress for this movie. The Academy right. Award. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Greg Kinnear was also nominated for an Oscar for this film. Really? Yeah. Like, he did have a good part. He and so, a really good part. And then Cuba is like... Greg is like his boyfriend. So Cuba's not nominated, but he's in this big movie. But he's in it. it You're right, it, right. It makes a lot of money. So it's like, you don't forget about him, but it's not like, it's not, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good follow-up that that was in the docket, but you're like, all right, we're waiting for like, Cuba, what's he going to do next, you know? Then 1998 comes, he's in the film, What Dreams May Come, which is based on a popular novel and it stars Robin Williams. And and is I mean, dude, I remember I remember seeing this movie and I had to cut you off and being so excited because I loved Dante's Inferno. Like, I right. remember yeah. reading it and it was supposed to be like it wasn't a complete take of Dante's mm-hmm. Inferno, but it was a reinterpretation. And I was like, oh, Cuba's in it. And he was second build too. He's and on he's the poster. second build. Yeah. He, his name is on the poster. And yeah. and and, and the, visually I feel like people watch that trailer and you're like, oh this looks good. Yeah. Visually it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean I would say if 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 I'm Cuba Gooding Jr. and these are the years that I'm having after Jerry Maguire, I still feel pretty good. Right. Well, the thing is, though, that movie comes out and it doesn't really do that well. Like, in terms of reviews, people are like, eh, it's kind of, it's a little bit all over the place. It looks really cool, but the substance isn't really there. You know, it doesn't really, it, it gets nominated only for the visual effects. 
Um, so it doesn't really, it's not, it's not like a, it's not a critical darling in any sense. Right. Right. It's production budget was $85 million. And this movie made wow, it was eighty-five million. Eighty-five million dollar, according to Box Office Mojo, it only made fifty-five million domestically. Mm. Okay, and it doesn't say what the international gross was, but like let's let's assume this movie didn't make money. You know, it, it was a it was okay. a failure. It, it kind of bombed a little bit. Okay, but you know, you it's okay. You understand it. All right, we still okay. got it. So then. I, I looked up a Murder of Crows. I couldn't find anything about it. I'm almost positive this joint was a TV movie. Murder of Crows? <laughs> TV movie? Well, I saw it. I saw it on VHS. So. Uh, or maybe it was like a straight to DVD. Like, I couldn't find. possible. I couldn't find Murder anything about it. it. It's apparently about this. Uh, it's, it's a bizarre. It's, it's good. A I said it before. bizarre plot. I said it before, though. This is like his most Denzel-y, like role that he's been cast in. It's like very. It's a thriller. It's very much on his shoulders. Yeah, you know he doesn't know what's going on. He's running around all over the place. Like, Do you know what? Yeah the 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 premise of the movie is that he's a lawyer who who represents a client who's like who's like clearly a murder. Like that person is clearly guilty. He doesn't want to represent the person, so he throws the case. He gets disbarred. He, like, finds... He, like, all of a sudden, like, goes down to, like, Florida, finds this dude who's, like, a writer and this guy, and he's, like, befriending this older dude. That that dude dies, and then he decides, I'm going to put my name on this guy's book that he didn't publish. I don't know why. And so he puts his name on this book <laughs> called The Murder of Crows that he publishes, uh-huh. and then after that happens... The police at the FBI come and they're like, we know you're responsible for all these murders because all these mur- real murders are in your book. And, they're, and there's so much detail that the only way you could have possibly known about it is if you committed the murder. So you're under arrest. What? And so he flees police custody. This sounds great to me. I'm not even going to lie. This sounds it's like one crazy. of those. It was fun. It was, it was a fun <laughs> movie. I mean, I haven't seen it since... <laughs> You know, like the early 2000s, but I, but it was fun, I remember. I mean, this sounds like one of those Denzel, okay. Morgan Freeman type movies from the 90s. So that's a movie that's also in 98, right? But, but the thing is, nobody sees it. it. Maybe it wasn't even released in theaters. Okay, whatever. You got that. Then, 1999, he's like, all right. Robin Williams, he's funny, he's great, but maybe he wasn't the right. I need a real... I need I'm going to be in a I'm going to be a co-lead not just supporting now. I'm the co-lead of this film called Instinct starring Anthony Hopkins. Okay? Yeah. In a role that feels very similar to like Hannibal because he's like he's a person who was a uh, uh an anthropologist like oh. he went and studied with the gorillas and now he's like become an animal and Cuba Gooding Jr is a psychologist who's going to you know He's gonna you know, a psychiatrist. He's gonna like get into the mind of Anthony Hopkins and like bring him back to humanity. Okay, mm. so th- that movie comes out bombs. No, nobody likes it. Where's, Everyone forgets about it. Where's the poster for this? Thing? It's the poster is only Anthony Hopkins's face. What's so crazy is like, do you guys remember this movie? Do you remember when it came out? Did, did Not you at all. see it when it came out? Not so at like, all. as a as a as like a huge like actory kind of like guy i was like fuck man like this is 
Anthony Hopkins and and this is Cuba Gooding Jr. Like I was like obsessed. I I like I had no idea that this movie was like not a success. Like I had no idea that it wasn't like the movie. Like <laughs> I remember wait, thinking it was right so now. cool. No, uh, no, don't watch it. It's terrible. It's it, it looks <laughs> awful to me. Wait, but here's the thing. Can I just real quick, real quick? Production budget for that film, eighty million dollars. Why does he keep doing these? Why, why Wait, does he keep doing the these eighty is, million keeps, dollar movies? He keeps what? getting in, like, and so he what? keeps he keeps getting in these movies that are like that are like the premise is is not like these types of movies are not greenlit nowadays, like at all. You would no. never get eighty million dollars for for these premises, but like you know, this was the age of the mid tier movie, the movie that was. Was adult movie, adult movie that adults would go see, and it wouldn't do a huge opening weekend, but it would be consistent. It would stay in. It would spread by word of mouth. Eighty million dollar budget. It grossed thirty four million. <laughs> Damn. So it it's a huge failure. But also, I'm looking at this. This movie has Anthony Hopkins, Donald um, Sutherland. Like, yeah. <laughs> wow. Tierney. Yeah. It, he 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 picked movies based on actors, and you know what? I we just okay. All right, I get it. Okay, so, okay, wait, we're almost here. The last film he does, the last film, Chill Factor. Chill Factor. Now, Chill Factor starred, uh, and again, it's a co-lead. You know, he's not leading. It's not like he's the lead. It's always a co-lead with a white actor. And it's <laughs> the other star is Skeet Ulrich. Who yeah, I don't look the, up the dude from Scream. The dude from Scream. Yeah. The killer, the killer from he Scream. Was not, at this point, he should <laughs> never have felt equal to the dude from Scream. Yeah, he's, but a, but out, he's a bug. But he was he's above he was him. he's first build, right? Like it's like Cuba Gooding Jr., Skeet but, Ulrich. Even but, though yeah, the movie yeah. rests more on Skeet Ulrich than exactly. it does on, on Cuba. And then um, this is wait, do you do you know the plot? For this film, Gerard? Yeah, it's isn't it like no isn't it like there's a there's a nuclear bomb in a in an ice cream truck? It's like Cuba's <laughs> ice cream truck. You're, uh, you're and it's joking. like no, no, and it's you're like a joking. it's no, but it's like a, it's like a typical buddy kind of like it's not a it's not it's a, a cop movie, but it's like it's a, a buddy, buddy action film. It's a and it's he's an action like comedy. The, he's the black dude who's like, oh, ooh, what? <laughs> you know, like I need two minutes. I'm watching the trailer. Wait, no, don't watch this trailer. Wait, you gotta don't watch, watch the trailer. After. You're gonna you hate gotta, it. I'm turning gonna, it up. You're, no, don't turn it up. Yo, <laughs> they both did a woo. First off, wait, wait. Here's the thing. It's wait. It's not bad. It's so funny. He he. A, a, a scientist creates some sort of like chemical weapon that the that if it if it reaches over fifty degrees, it it's released into the atmosphere and it yeah, can kill you know what I'm saying? huge populations. And so it has to be chilled, right? There's a chill factor to it. And then the dude dies, and he like, and then like the, this like cop. Stops Cuba, who is an ice cream chuck, and he's like, "I need your ice cream chuck." And then they're being chased by bad guys, nameless bad guys throughout the movie. I, I so, mean, maybe this movie was just—it was either too late or it was too early. Probably too late, right? Like this just feels the premise is insane. This is money but talks. like, 
weren't these movies yes. being made all the time? Right? They were. Like, it was it, like, they were. <laughs> it's money <laughs> talks. It's rush hour. Yes. It's this, it, all the time. This is this is almost. It's uh almost. oh. What were those? What was a uh, uh, nat, uh, national security? Oh yeah. With Martin Lawrence. It's I spy. Nothing to lose. Yeah. I Spy with Eddie Murphy and Owen Wilson. Like, they were making these movies everywhere. Okay. Wow. All right. So, want to know the production budget? What? It $70 million. million. Wait, what was it? Okay. <laughs> $70 million. For what? <laughs> $70 million. Deadpool was made with 53. Okay. 80 was a good guess, though, but 70 million for rated R film. 70 million. Guess how much it made? 15. 10. Uh, Jarrah was closest. It's $11 million. Woo, baby. Damn. Price is right rules. So, a huge bomb. So <laughs> You also now, just work closer. <laughs> so, after, after he wins an Academy Award, uh, he does a straight-to-DVD movie. He's, oh, no. First, he does a huge film, as good as it gets, but he's not a big role in it. Then he does a straight-to-DVD movie. He does man. a bomb in What Dreams May Come, an even bigger bomb in Instinct, and then the Biggest bomb ever in Chill Factor, right? So that is the stage. Like, you have all of those films. And that's where we get to where we are now in 2000. Because that, you know what I mean? Man so, like, honor. wait, when did Radio Radio came out after this? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. good Lord. Cuba. That's the last, that's, yeah. So that, I just. Hey, hey, I'm going to say before we start. What? When we start making movies, y'all, I'm going to try to do some weird shit. But I'm going to need y'all to be like, hey, we heard you're doing this movie. Chill the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? Because I right. need you to know you're gonna stop me. I need. Right. I need to know. I need. He didn't have friends. I don't yet. know, man. I don't nope. know. I feel like. I feel like. We're describing these movies, and for the most part, they all seem like parts you would take. Like he. That's terrifying. He has, That's what's terrifying. He has a movie that is like literally every prototype of a movie that we had uh, in those times. He has one. You know, like and, he, and with, oh, that's his yeah. this. <laughs> you know, like. with, and with the exception, with the exception of Chill Factor and Skeet, I think like I think you're right. Skeet should have been bigger. All the actors he were he was going for were Men of Honor. And, <laughs> no, I'm saying like they're all oh. big. Yeah, you, know, you got Robin Williams, you got Jack Nicholson, you know, How? you got Anthony Hopkins. These are Men of Honor. Why do you always say it I'm twice? So upset. I'm so like why upset. do you? Wait, wait, wait. Why do you say it like, what, Nick? Damn it. Damn it. I hate getting caught into that. Nick, just start the show. Jonathan Raylock, James the Third, Drop Milligan. What more can I say? Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Hollywood City! Forgive me, sir, but to me, the Navy isn't a business. It's, it's an organization, people who represent the finest aspects of our nation. We, we have many traditions. In first, my career, I've, first, I've entered most of them. So now, so now, so, you, so now, you, just, now you just do full so, scenes. So, I'm not so good. I, I, you just do full scenes. I, I would not be here today were it not for the greatest tradition <laughs> of all. It's not even stopping. <laughs> I thought you were gonna do. And, I think we're gonna do one. I think we're gonna, think we're gonna do the countdown for the stats. You could have also done this like is, wait, he, but this is right before that. And what what, what would that be, cheap Brashear? <sighs> <laughs> Honor, sir. <laughs> okay. Thank you. 
Yo, what? I, what was first that? Of all, first of all, that my favorite part of my favorite part of the movie. Yo, <laughs> that was a terrible cue. What impression. was that? Why, why did you make his voice my so favorite, high? No, it's not about the it's not about the impression. I didn't even want to taint him with an impression. Oh my god! I just wanted I just wanted y'all to get the the feeling. Okay. All right, all right. Stop it, James. He wasn't breathing. This like sounds that. so bad in my ears. I hate this. Honor, honor, James, it's so Just, early in LA. Why are you awake? So why <laughs> you have so much energy right now? All right, here we go. <laughs> oh, uh, for though for those of you okay. who are just listening, this uh, velvety voice is Jonathan Braylock. Did you say velvety voice? Uh, well, this musically okay. All right, you know, voice. both of you two are a hot mess today. I'm Jonathan Braylock. <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> the one who is sane is Gerard Milligan. That's me, y'all. Yeah, and y'all know <laughs> my name. Is Proving me right. Uh, Proving me right. Yep. You know what I'm talking about. Okay. Proving me right. Okay. All right, and that's James the Third. Um, uh, we <laughs> we are a film review podcast. We review the films of leading black actors in Hollywood. Damn right. We talk about. <laughs> I don't know why diversity. <laughs> you guys had energy. I just it came out of nowhere. I'm sorry. We talk about race and diversity. Woo! All right, and uh, we are on a. Cuba Gooding Jr. miniseries yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, reviewing the films of leading actor Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. And, and kind of just taking a little microcosm uh, of his career and trying to figure out what happened. Why, you know, why isn't this man leading movies today? You know, and I think we want to do this with some other actors as well, but we started with Cuba just because. He, he, he started off so high in Boys in the Hood. Yep. Um, then won an Oscar, mm. though it was for supporting actor. He but it was, a, it was a, he won an Oscar for Jerry Maguire. And now, you know, we kind of went through that transition. And now we're here at Men of Honor 2000. Uh, this was the Oscar s- movie, baby. Starring Robert De Niro, uh, you know, at like the peak. Like, I mean, or maybe even like just... Just passes. I mean, like Robert De Niro is like a legend, legend at this point, like beyond legend, you know. And uh, a good year for Robert De Niro because after this movie comes out, uh, he also has Meet the Parents that came out this year too. Yeah, he had a good year. Uh, and it's like Robert De Niro, Cuba Gooding Jr. Um, also, this is a black director. I was very fascinated by um, this guy James. You might remember him. Um, no, he did he do the? Uh, no, he didn't. Sorry. Uh, no, he did. Sorry. Uh, so uh, he did Barbershop. He also did Barbershop The Next Cut. So remember, you had that callback too. Oh, he was right. in the room. Yeah. He was in the room when I was there. You're talking uh, about the director? The director, yeah. Right. George. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did Soul Food. So Soul Food. So this is his second movie after Soul Food, which I think is equally as interesting. You have a black director who does a, a you know, a quote unquote black film. Uh, a, a, in Soul Food, which is a huge hit, huge yep. commercial success, uh, launches a television series as well. And so the second film that he does is this, you know, arguably an Oscar play. Uh, this movie came out uh, in uh, during Oscar season. Uh, it has two Academy Award winners in it. Um, uh, it also has Charlize Theron. I don't know. I don't think she had won her Academy Award Mm-mm. yet, but she's obviously like a hot uh, actress at, at this time in terms of career. Uh, you have Michael Rappaport, who, you know, 
who stay in a black movie, boy. You know, he, Michael Rappaport, yeah, he, he stay around, boy. Yeah, he he always delivers. Like you, you know, if you if you have him in your film, it's like you're like, there's gonna be some heart, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, I do like Michael Rappaport. I do, I do like him a lot. Um, and uh, of course, this is inspired by a true story uh, about the first uh, black master diver in the Navy. Uh, a lot of these events uh, were were real. And you know, the thing is, when the movie came out, it had mixed reviews. I think like. Rotten Tomatoes is something like 50... I forgot what it is exactly. Wait, uh, I have everything up right here. Where is it? Uh, it, it, had a, it? It was a $32 million budget, which okay, was goodness. lower than what they wanted for the movie. They wanted a $50 million budget. The studio would only give them $32 million. I wonder what they wanted a 50. It felt fine. Uh, I think for more for like the gra- like the na- like the graphics underneath the water and stuff like that. Uh, they wanted more stuff, but... Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, it still it looks it looks decent. It it wound up grossing forty eight million domestically, thirty three million foreign, so eighty two million worldwide. So it made its money. It made it made, money. it made money. It wasn't a it wasn't a bomb. It wasn't like a smashing success, but it it definitely made its yeah. money. Um, but uh, no, it, it didn't get nominated for anything. Uh, Cuba didn't get a nomination. No, Cuba got like nominations for you get like a BET award, yeah, BET, NAACP, you know that kind of stuff. Thank, uh, but, thank God for BET and NAACP's sake giving us some type of. Credit. And I looked up, I looked up the films because I just I was wondering what else came out in this year. This was the year Gladiator came out and won Best Picture. Uh, so the best pictures Damn. were it was Gladiator, Chocolat, Ooh, uh, that's a tough one too, <laughs> um, a Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Ooh, uh, uh, what else? Damn, that three right there is tough. I yeah. mean, this is a year though, like. There's some shit out, you know. That's like, tough, boy. Yeah, it, it, tough it was year. tough, and, and like it, it was. Uh, Are you not entertained? Come on, baby. Got it. It was the first DVD I ever owned. It might have been the first popular DVD that ever come out. <laughs> I remember. I remember so, I, uh, th- so this is mine. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Men of Honor was <laughs> this yours. This wasn't popular, but this was like my first or second DVD. Men of, I mean, glad it was definitely my first one. Oh, Aaron Brockovich. Oh, God, he had a tough year, man. Uh, and uh, what's the last one? Traffic. Woo! Those were the films. And, and the films, and so he was up against, you know, Russell Crowe. Uh, let me see who the. the you guy. know what? Ooh, yeah. I can't wait to talk about this movie. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Can I do my initial thoughts? I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, okay, wait. So, wait, one, one last thing. Uh, wait, Man of Honor. Okay, what else do we have to say? No, that, I guess that's it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, listen to my third. Right, I'm excited. Uh, so, I'm going to say this, and it's going to be controversial. I hate this movie. Yeah, no, I, I, I knew you I hate it. I hate this movie. I knew but you he, would But hear it. me out, but, but, I, but I, I want to be very clear. And I know I why. I don't hate it for anything against Cuba. I hate this movie in particular because this, I cried three times in this movie. All right? Mm-hmm. And this might be the first time I ever watched it in full. Maybe, all I remember it was him walking at the end. That's mm-hmm. all I remember. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, when he's underwater and he's, and, you know, they're, they're trying to screw him over and like, you know, his wife is there and he's over the microphone and he tells you like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Navy diver. He gives you his name. I'm like, my man is fighting for it. Then at the very end where uh, you see the pain in his face when he like drops a little bit, I'm like, whoo, all right, I love it. And then at the end, because I keep, I kept texting out when I was watching, I felt like radio and this one because... James says something that is terrifying to me. This is a movie. This movie here 
almost enca- encapsulates everything I always complain about. Where like I just want the black dude to just be the dude trying to overcome just some sh- you know some right. Shit. This is inherently not that movie. Yeah, and people always are like, "Oh, what kind of actor do you want to be?" I just want to be the everyman black dude. And watching this, I'm like, Cuba was the closest attempt we've ever had at it. Because thinking about it, Cuba played as an gay actor. Guy, as an actor, Cuba got to play the gay guy and um and uh. uh Whatever the hell that movie was, uh, th- good as it gets. Like he got to be the 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 guide, which is normally white in Dante's Inferno, you know. And he got to be in this movie. And the thing is, I'm watching this movie and I'm looking at him. And my man, and I love Gladiator. Again, first DVD. Russell Crowe's performance in Gladiator is not better than Cuba in this movie. No, and I just I just it, looked up the other people. Like, so you had Tom Hanks and Castaway, which that makes which sense, is right makes but, perfect sense. So then you have and. That, I don't. I haven't seen these films now. You have Javier Bardem in Before Night Falls. I've seen it. It's very beautiful. Okay, I get it. Then you have Ed Harris in Pollock. Ooh, I've never seen that. I never saw that. And then you have Jeffrey Rush in Quills. Quill? He had nominated for Quills? I guess Quills is good. And you, I mean, and the, I here's the thing. It's like Jeffrey Rush, Ed Harris, you know, those are like... Those are the names. Yeah, they, they pop up. They're like, we're going to see them again. And like... Javier Bardem like will eventually win a best supporting actor but like it's just like I was just looking at those and I was like if if Men of Honor was a Denzel was made movie? differently I don't know if it was a Denzel movie but maybe but actually I don't know cuz Denzel had remember the Titans this year he didn't get nominated uh and I feel like those two movies are similar they have this very they're both dealing with uh like but this Actually, was Remember the Titans inspired by a true story? Yeah. It was, right? Yeah. So they're both dealing with inspired by true stories. They're both dealing with race and like how like black men overcoming racism. They're both like pretty stoic and, and inspirational, but they're both like glossy. See, I know, but the thing is, that's what those movies is tricky because this movie, and I'm talking about strictly performance-wise, because mm-hmm. I feel like, and, I, and I'm only bringing her up because I feel like she makes movies that the movies may not be good, but she's great. Like Meryl Streep makes questionable movies. Her That's acting true. in those movies are fantastic. And she gets nominated. And she gets nominated. That's true. And like people always say, oh, the That's movie true. wasn't good. But you know, no, like you're Joy, right. Joy wasn't good. But, but she got like, nominated. But like, and then people are like, oh, Jennifer Lawrence, she still got it because she was good in it. Yeah. So people will overlook if right. the movie's bad. Yeah, you're right. If the performance is good. That's true. It even happens with Denzel. So I'm not going to say it doesn't happen. Like Denzel, That's like, true. there were things. Yeah, Roman J. Like, Israel was not it, a it great not movie, a movie. But he was good. But he was great. Yeah. I'm looking at this movie, bro. And this movie. Gives me the thing of, this is not a black man who stays down. This is not a slave, right? Here. Mm-hmm. This isn't the person who dies in the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. This isn't the person who has his mom murdered or his wife raped in front of him. This mm-hmm. isn't that guy. This is a guy who the bad guy in this movie is white people. Mm-hmm. Which, and I'm gonna end my oh, yeah. thoughts really quickly because I know it's going on. But like our friend Mama Dude has one of the best jokes ever to me. He's like, you know, when black people go pitch a horror movie, like we're not creating a Freddy Krueger. We're not creating a Jason for he's recreating like hey your dad your granddad that's the guy who's fucked up you know what I mean mm-hmm. and I'm looking at this movie and he's just an average black dude trying to overcome some shit and I'm like that's the that's the part you want mm-hmm. and he gave you every actory moment in this goddamn movie the struggle the happiness the unsureness there are close-ups of his eyes, which you can't do with some actors when they win Oscars. That's the shot you're looking for. It's like, oh, man, what's going to be the Oscar shot? He had four of them, bro. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't get nothing? No. Not even a goddamn Golden Globe? Not a nomination. Not, yeah. Yeah, so to me, this thing hurt, and I'm going to just end it where, like, I, 
I have nothing against Cuba. So, so much so that I will defend Cuba to the end of the day because of this movie, because he got to do something that black people don't get to do. He's got to be a man trying to over... Literally, literally his struggle with his wife sums up at the end is, this was always about you. You were trying to prove something. Who can't relate to that? You know what I mean? So I, I love hate it. I love Cuba, but I hate this movie and I hate how... Hollywood wait, yeah, this movie. wait, can you can you say can you say why you hate the movie? I this get why you hate what happened after the movie, but why do you hate the movie? My thing about the movie is that I know why he hates it. I I, I have I, an idea of why I, he hates it too, I, I, but I, I, but it's, it's hard to describe. It. It's something about it's something about Robert De Niro that bothers me a exactly, little bit. Yeah, like I, and the thing is, it's Robert De Niro starting off the movie, and again. Cuba is the lead. Oh. But when it ends... Oh, we're going to talk about When the that. movie ends and Cuba has, like, fucking stood up mm-hmm. and, like, literally, he has bared the weight of 290-something pounds with one pounds. foot in front of his wife, his one kid, and the leg. government, who he has saved... He got hurt because he saved two white dudes. He was mm-hmm. the only black person on that ship, so much so that the joke is, is, like, how could you not find him? There's only one Negro here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he stands up, he does this walk, but the person who feels, the person who puts his chest up and, like, has the prideful moment is Robert De Niro. Like, my man, and the thing is, I understand, like, Cuba has one like, yeah, I did it, but he's exhausted. Robert De Niro is the one who literally pokes his chest up, grabs his wife, and walks out smiling with Cuba looking at him longingly like, thank you. Thank you. What the fuck, (laughs) cuz? You did it with one foot. You're the only black dude. You came from nothing. No one said thank you, brother. (laughs) He looked at this dude with his son in his goddamn lap and longed for that dude like he did some real shit. Yeah. Whatever, man. All right, we got to keep it going. Let's keep it going. Okay. Do you want to go, James? Do you want me to go? Uh, No, no, I'll wait for you. Okay. So, I mean, I'm just going to say basically the same thing, Jarrah said. When I I saw this movie, uh, probably like, I, I saw it on DVD, so I saw it probably like in 2001, shortly after it came out. I remember watching it and really loving it. I remember really liking this movie. Um, and uh, I wasn't like super into the Oscars at that time. I wasn't like following that kind of thing. So going back and looking at this, I'm like, honestly, I need to see all of Cuba's movies, but I'm pretty sure... I think this is his best performance as an actor. I agree. I agree. I I, I think it's one of the best. I, and yeah. and it, it's it's so and and I think Cuba Gooding Jr. is a very good actor. I think his range is something that most actors in Hollywood don't have. He has a range that's incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, even like thinking about the films that we were just talking about, like Chill Factor is a dumb premise, but the but he had to play that kind of like, you know, Chris Tucker, you know, um fast talking black role and he is able to do it um he plays a different version of that in Jerry Maguire boys in the hood he had he's it's a different character to even this movie in men of honor he's able to like pull all these different things he's able to be funny he's able to be serious he's able to be stoic and powerful and he's also able to be kind of small and timid like he has a vast range and in this movie he was able to do a lot of different things uh and you know, it for a this while the story is kind of powerful of this man, like it's not a cinematic story. You know, like master divers are they're they're in the bottom of the yeah, ocean. And they walk. They I mean? walk. It's slow. It's not action based. Mm-hmm. Like it's it, it's not even that. 
heroic and they kind of talk about it like uh it 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 and when I say heroic, I'm not saying what they do is in heroic. What I'm saying is like our idea, our, our ideals of her- heroism and being this glorious kind of thing of like marching onto the battlefield and like killing a bunch of enemies and like putting a man over your shoulder and all that stuff. Like you can't do that. Like Master Divers, like the big thing, his like biggest achievement in his career is like finding a nuclear bomb, a nuke yeah. at, uh, in the bottom of the ocean. You yeah. know what I mean? Which is not like it's a tedious task. Yeah. Um, but the, the what what keeps you in this film is Cuba Gooding Jr. as acting, and, and and here's the thing: I like I do like Robert De Niro um, as an actor. I, uh, you know, I think some people can can think he's a little one note, and I mean he does kind of have one note, but I think he's good at it, and he's captivating to watch in this film. But the they start this movie, they started this movie with Robert De Niro seeing Cuba Gooding Jr. And then what happens is you hear somebody say, why are you a N-word, N-word lover? And of course, so... And then we see Robert De Niro headbutt that dude in the face and, like, beat up these guys. And they're like, that, like, you know, he's like, you're gonna, I'm gonna watch it. You're gonna respect this man, you know. Yeah. And you're like, oh, so he's a defender of black, black people. people. Cool. So it's like, and I, and and after watching the movie, you're like, oh, they put that in there so you would be on Robert De Niro's side, even when he's being extremely racist and like a terrible person and yeah. terrible to his wife, terrible to Cuba Gooding Jr. Just like overall, like kind of just a bad dude. But you're supposed to like him. Uh, because he has this honor within him, whatever. Anyway, so, and then, of course, I looked up the real history, and, uh, you, yeah, he didn't exist. So, he's... Wait, a, what? Yeah, he's an amalgamation of different people. <laughs> like, he wasn't there throughout his life. Like, he's a, he's a fictitious character that they took a couple of real people, and they, like, made them into this one guy. Wait, so he willed himself to do most of that stuff? Like, just, like nobody, like... I mean, like, he had a real instructor at Bayonne, New Jersey, and he had a... Uh, he saw a real master diver go into the ocean, and he had somebody who helped him. Uh, I don't think anybody was at the trial, but I think he had somebody who helped him with, like, his recovery. And, and, and that's, that's, those, are, those were all separate real people in his life but they made it into this one person, into Robert De Niro. I feel an anger in my heart right well, now. Well, of course you do. <laughs> I, I didn't know. I, I Oh. But they keep oh. doing this. So oh, anyway. Oh. All right. Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood is sponsored by BetterHelp. Guys, oh, man, you know, I just had a job end, which, you know, I was very fortunate to have. But it's so funny how quickly stress starts to accumulate. <laughs> <laughs> when you're not I, working it's too much it's too much it's heavy you know i got the i got the shakes um and you know the the heart palpitations all of it i i agree i will say i've had the benefit of not being unemployed this long since 2009 and i what are we in april uh soon to be may and mm-hmm. i have not had a paycheck all of 2024 uh um, so this is the most stress i've ever had my parents may need to get an aid and i'm like where who's coming to save the day so stress is high anxiety is high and you know sometimes 
talk about this stress. Therapy can be a safe space. Like, get that stuff off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down, you know, instead of just keeping it all bottled up and feeling like you have to hold everything inside. I know therapy has helped me. I, I kind of, I almost look at it as like check in. Like, sometimes I'm just, I got a lot to say, sometimes not so much, but it's like, it is super, super helpful. Yeah. I appreciate getting the, the tools to like kind of understand. My, the mechanism of how I'm of how I'm behaving, you know, and reacting mm-hmm. in certain situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I use BetterHelp and Timothy, black male therapist, saves the day because he gets it, man. I'm like, you know what? Thank you, bro. For sometimes it's just thirty minutes of just me rambling, and I'm like, oh, you didn't even say hello yet. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's like, keep going. I'm like, thank you. Yes. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient and flexible. It's suited to your schedule, which is absolutely uh, essential these days. All you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and you can get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you want, switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com jump today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash jump. You gotta jump to get that better help. Better help. Hi, this is Will Arnett. I, we are inviting you to follow us as we go on tour and we take our podcast Smartless on the road. Join us and watch any boundaries we previously had disappear. Like you've never seen us before, you'll see us on the road ordering lunch, roasting each other, and on stage as we surprise each other with a mystery celebrity guest in each city. Boy, that sounds amazing. Welcome to to Smartland! Don't miss our new series, Smartless on the Road, streaming May 23rd, only on Max. Subscription required. So, you open Google Chrome on your phone, you're hunting for a super rare first edition vinyl of a band you're obsessed with. When you're supposed to be working. But the site you tapped on seems pretty shady. And Daryl from IT just jumped up from his desk. Oh no, he's coming your way. It's a good thing built-in malware protection keeps you safe and sound. Not from Daryl, though. Sorry. There's no place like Chrome. Download Google Chrome on your phone. Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Wait, wait, let James James talk. That dude is not real? Let James talk. James, James, did you know that? Did you know that, James? So... Did I know it? No, but I found out seconds before Brayfin is speaking because I was very interested in, after hearing wh- what you didn't like about it, Jarrah, I was like, hmm, I wonder why they chose to cut the alternate ending, which was this. 
because uh, I had the DVD. Like I said, this is my first or second DVD. I'm remembering that the other DVD was uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the Jim Carrey one. So I think that I was my second one, time. James. <laughs> so so I got them both at the same time. These were the first DVDs I ever got. Um, 2001. Uh, so I love I so I'll start by saying love this movie. Um, uh, have had a very, very big affinity for this movie for a long time, but did not know that Billy Sunday wasn't real until maybe for like, uh, like 30 seconds before Bray said that Billy Sunday was, was not real. So the alternate ending was this, um, uh, it was probably going to happen right after he leaves, right? Like, like there was probably going to do like a, you know, like a few months later or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, uh, it's Charlie Theron and Robert De Niro, and they. I think what happens is we see someone fall in front of a lake, and we see someone fall into the into the water, and then uh, Robert De Niro very urgently stands up, throws off his clothes, and then dives in, but then never comes out. Um, and so I I think that when they wrote this movie, when whoever wrote this movie wrote this movie, they were writing a movie about. Billy Sunday, this fictional character, <laughs> and telling the story of the first, not, not only the first black uh, uh, Navy man, but, like, he was also the first amputee to get, like, like he, this is right. a man who, a real person who, who, who went through so much shit and, and uh, became so many, had so many firsts under his belt, they were going to make a, but they were going to make a movie about this fictional guy that helped him get through all the stuff. I think that was the movie that was originally written, which is, which is really frustrating. And, um, and I'll say as someone who was a very big fan of this movie for a long time, watching it again, um, I noticed a lot of the, the flaws and that being one of them. So like this stuff that you, you're both saying about how Robert O'Neill gets all of these great moments um, and how we don't really like a, a thing that st- stuck out to me more this time, and probably because we've been watching so many movies lately, is like they don't even really get into what the hardships were, like how hard it really was. Like occasionally we'll just see a a a, 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 a note that's like "We're gonna drown you," which is like that's really scary and and, and frightening. Um, uh, and then, like, we'll see Robert De Niro, who's not a real person, break his radio and then fix his radio, and there's no actual dialogue around it. It's just a broken radio that clearly means a whole lot <laughs> to him, and then suddenly he puts it back together, and we're like, isn't that great that Billy Sunday did this for him? Oh, Billy Sunday's not real, right? So um, uh, so watching it again, I, I, could, I could see all of the cracks in it, um, and there were way more cracks than... than I saw originally, um, but a big fan of it. Like, like very clear, very clear uh, a case being made for Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, as one of the greatest actors of our time. But uh, that that is not getting the kind of play that he needs and deserves. I think Robert De Niro crushes this role. He's fantastic in this. I I watching it again like. All of the feelings of of how good the movie was came back, and I could see how good he of an actor he he was. But then, through this lens of our show and of what has been happening in Hollywood, it was hard. It was kind of like it was like this was like a sort of sad watching because like like I had the I had the love hate thing too. Like it was like I, th- this is undoubtedly one of my favorite movies. Like lines were coming back to me, moments were coming back to me. Like like I really really love it. It's just a real shame. That you know, 
it had to be souped up as a real acting role for Robert De Niro in order for us to package this story of a very brilliant, real man <laughs> who accomplished a, a shit ton of stuff. Um, but for whatever reason, we have to see it through the lens of this one guy. And then, and then also not even see how hard it really fucking was for this, for this person being the, being the first, um, I watched it with uh, with a, a writer friend up here, and she's white, and she kept saying stuff. Not that any of this matters, but she kept saying, like, you know, and if, and if like, it would just be, like, how different would the world be if they just let this person who's, already, who's clearly brilliant do all the stuff that they want to do? Like, she was like, why, why are they letting him in the, why are they letting him in the, why are they even letting him in the school if they're not going to let him pass? And it's just like, because they have, they, they're, because that's what happened. Like, like they're just doing it because, like, of course that's what they're doing. Of course they're not going to let him pass. Of course they're going to do all of this shit. Um, uh, uh, because that's just the way the freaking world was. But there was even more of that stuff, probably, right? And if, and if Hollywood made the movie of the story of what actually happened, there would be, all kinds of twists and turns and hardships and 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 moments and you know he had he had three wives he didn't have one wife and kid right. he had he had he had three like that oh, would be interesting that. too like what's 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 all this like what what is the, let's can we see this man's actual life and not a watered down version of his wife yeah. and uh, I, and let's see how he interacted with different leads and heads and how he navigated all of that not one dude that built him up to be the man that he is because that didn't happen. He was one guy alone fighting really hard by himself and not with one person by his side, but multiple people by his side and dealing with that. He, he was a real person dealing with a lot of real shit. And that would have been a, a significantly better movie than this. So it's, so it was, it was a sad rewatching, but, uh, that, that was, that was how I felt. Yeah. Um, Okay. We're going to get into all of this, but before we do, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked off the vine, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've completely overhauled our process to shorten the time from harvest to home for our tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. Because we know how much you love fresh produce, we give you more time to enjoy your tasty fruits and veggies at home. So whether you're shopping in-store, picking up, or prefer delivery, we're committed to bringing you the freshest produce possible. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, this is Tim Heidecker, and I'm glad to be back in Glendale, California, in the studio with my good friends DJ Doug Pound and Vic Berger for another episode of our podcast, Office Hours Live. This week, we had a very special guest, Hiss Golden Messenger, who played a beautiful tune for us. We laughed, we had fun, and you should tune in to Office Hours Live this week, and quite frankly, every week on your podcast app of choice or at youtube.com slash Live. All right, we're back. Man, I don't know if I can do this. Like, listening to you guys talk is like, I, I did not know... Robert didn't know it didn't exist. I did not know that character didn't exist. Right. Again, that, that, there were p- real people in his life that were at the same moments that Robert De Niro's character was, but it wasn't that the person's name wasn't whatever Sunday or whatever. And and they were different people, you know? It wasn't like this one person who kept like showing up in his life, which is a 
you they do this a lot. Uh, it, it's not as bad to me. It's not as bad as say, uh, what was that? Uh, uh, hidden la- la- or the last? Well, right, <laughs> hidden figure or the or even the last King of Scotland where that guy was like completely made up, like James yeah. McAvoy's character, like. Like it, it was like very loosely based off a real person, at, at, but who didn't have nearly as much influence or whatever. Did you just see what you just said though. Like literally, you just named three movies that people would love. Three movies that like Hidden Figures nominated for an Oscar, right? Mm-hmm. We now know that uh, uh, what was his name? Um, whatever Kevin that was, Costner. Kevin Costner didn't do those things because the right. director was like, "I just want a white guy to do something nice." You bring up um, Last King of Scotland, but we just added a fictional white dude who comes back to like literally gets revenge on this yeah lieutenant i i guess i don't understand anymore like before i like before we were doing these movies doing these podcasts guys this one broke me like i can't like the thing is like this was a this is cube i've shamed cuba Gooden for so long mm-hmm. like when you talk about black movies like i would look at black films and be like oh it's a black movie shaming it for no reason Looking at this movie like, oh, man, Cuba didn't get no nomination, blah, 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 blah. Cuba, this performance is one of the Like, Cuba crushed this movie. I've seen a lot of biopics, bro. I've seen Walk the Line, all right? Like it. Right. This movie better than... He, be, he had a stronger performance in this than fucking uh, Joaquin Phoenix did in Walk the Line. He had a better performance in this, and I freaking love Gladiator than goddamn Russell Crowe, who won the Oscar, did. Russell Crowe literally had what... What was the Oscar scene? What was his Oscar scene? Him fighting the goddamn CGI tiger? No, it's probably like him, like you know, in the field. Oh, like, when he's just uh, walking silently, rubbing then, his fingers, and then seeing his his children. He they don't even have a close up of his mom. face crying or screaming. How many close up shots did you see a Cuban in this? Or, when Cuban literally stands up at the end of this movie, his face is showing pain, bruh. So much right. so that I'm like, what was he using mentally to do? Okay, what are we doing? How do we do this? Uh, okay. Uh, so uh, here's the thing: I could have totally did without that first scene that we talked about with Robert De Niro in it. Uh, absolutely unnecessary. We already see that scene later in the movie. It, it's completely set up just so that we could like Robert De Niro's character and establish Robert De Niro as like the co-lead of this film. Uh, completely unnecessary. Didn't need it. Love the. Be- I love the actual opening of this movie. What is what is that? With his dad. I love. That. I mean, it's it's brutal and it's I, I, it, not not brutal. It's just like it's sad and and inspiring. It sets know. up. It sets up to me. It's one of those things where you see his dad. His dad is working his ass off trying to provide, mm-hmm. and his dad doesn't even realize that he's already lost. You know what I mean? Right. Like his dad doesn't even realize yet until his son tells him it's Friday. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, that was crazy. And you see like the. You see, like, the cuts in his hands, you know, and they're, yeah, they're tilling this field Yo, that he doesn't if you've own. you've never seen a plow like that, I've seen one in my life, and I'm like, I can't imagine using that in the hot summer with the freaking wood just, ugh, guys. Great yeah. setup. And so he helps, and, and, you know, he helps his dad, but his dad's, you know, just doesn't want him to be like him. He kind of tells him that it's a, it's a certain point. Uh, and, you know, we see him as a young kid help his dad, and then very quickly... Uh, kind of cuts to him as uh, a young man now, you know. Yeah, gotta before we before we get into this, gotta shout out Dulé Hill and High School Musical. Um, they, what they both, you know? Yes, Dulé Hill was the brother. This early scene. Yes, Dulé Hill was the brother. <laughs> and wow. Then, and then homeboy from High School Musical is the little. Kid. Yes, <laughs> the little kid. yes, yes. <laughs> or is that him in this scene? Is that him in this scene? Or is that him? Or is he? 
Is he his son later? No, no. Maybe no, that it was might him. Be, he might be his son later on. No, no, no. Is he wasn't the. In- no, he wasn't the son. He was in the scene. He was in the top scene. Okay, all right. That's him in the scene. Yeah, I remember yeah, noticing him and then noticing Dulé <laughs> Hill and being like, look at Dulé. <laughs> wow. I did not notice. Little Dulé uh, Hill. Who is the actor who played the father? Because he was great. Mantis. Yeah. Anyone ever watch that show? No. It, was, it was like a. So NBC in the 90s had like a black superhero. But like, James, who was it? I, I hate to say that. I'm assuming you watched this as well. But he had like a cybernetic. He was like a. a he had like a cybernetic suit that was like granted him powers. He could like fly a little bit. He could super strong. He glowed yeah, green. What, what was the name? When was this? Oh, was the, okay. Wait, he was Martian Manhunter on. No, this. No, is, he. This, it was live action. The, the show actor's was called, name is Carl Lumbly. The actor's name. The show was called Mantis. M. Mantis. A. Yeah, yeah. Miles Hawkins. Whoa. Yeah. yeah, it was a show. It was like a Marvel. It was a Marvel comic. Or no, no, sorry, not that one. Roger Reese was in it. It was a live action. It was a live action. What was it, NBC? The fuck? Yeah, you would never know. Oh, Um, yeah, you're right, though. Dr. Miles Hawkins, Mantis. Because I used to watch it because, I mean, it was on, because he he was paralyzed from the waist down, and when he put the suit on, not only could he, like, move around and, like, fight, but he was, like, really dumb. Wow, holy crap. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I I didn't know this show at all. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, yeah, it was a dope show. So, anyway, he was great. Uh, and then we, yeah, we, I mean, also Cuba looks good. I mean, he's, you know, Cuba shirtless, there, baby. shirtless, sweating, you know, you're like, all right, he's still got this like Jerry Maguire, uh, you know, body. Yo, he <laughs> was in shape, <laughs> you know, uh, he, he's in shape. He's, he's doing his thing. He's got that, he's got that charm. He's like, yeah, you know, you're like, oh, you know, I, I like this guy. Um, and he decides to join the Navy. It's uh, it's it's right after World War Two has ended, yep. so there's no war that they're they're heading into. Um, the uh, Navy has been desegregated, uh, recently desegregated, but you know it's still segregated. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing that's so tricky about it is that it's got to get on the back of the bus, and, which they don't touch on any of that. I, they they like they like they like they gloss over it a little bit. Like they say, like all right, now the coloreds, you know. See, my problem with these movies, and my mm-hmm. problem with the help, my problem with I feel like I always crap on the help, and I will continue to. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, it's like, I've, <laughs> but it's like, I, I question when people make these movies: is there a real fear of showing the good, the good people do bad things? Like you know, like because nowadays, if that guy was to be like kill in the back, if 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 no white dude in this movie had a redeeming quality, right? Mm-hmm. Like, say the people who he met in real life. Instead of the, the 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 Sunday, say it was like people he met who really didn't give a fuck about him, like because the guy who helped him get in the program really wasn't doing it to be super helpful. But could you have a movie where everybody he interacted with wasn't good? You know what I mean? Like, could you have this movie without a good white man? I, yeah. You could, but I actually I mean, think I, that would be fake though, because I I don't think that every single white person in, in this time would have been like. Hardcore racist, but I wasn't able to helped him necessarily, though. I mean, I, I'm sure he got somebody to help him write a letter. Like, I'm sure that happened. Like, he got one person to help him write a letter. Like, I don't, I don't think that's, I think that's possible. It's just, the thing is, like, they don't really. At the end of the day, they're not, they're not going to do anything to put themselves in jeopardy. Well, I would have loved to see that. I thought they were going to get that way with Robert De Niro. I'm like, oh, he's putting his life on the line because he right. is. He's putting his career on the line, helping his dude. Are we going to see the backlash of? What that's going to do to Robert De Niro, right? You know, like, are we going to see yeah, him feel I'm, pressure? 
I mean, I think I've said this before, like when we watched um, Forty Two, right? But like, I remember I didn't see I, I didn't see Forty Two when it first came when it first came out, right? I think I mm-hmm. I think I only watched it for the podcast. But like a a, a thing that I felt when Forty Two first came out was like I'm tired of seeing these movies, movies like this, these movies. Oh, he was the first black person, and then and then white people, right? Like whatever. Um, but I remember the the. Something that was really effective about the trailer was the was the moment where we see him walk out onto the field for the first time, and we just look at just all of the white people looking at him. Like that's how alone the first black person is. It's it's one of them, and then just all white, just all white everywhere, and they all hate him or are confused by him or right. Like that's what the first black story really is, and I and I. Just wish that that was told more. Like what that really is was told more. Cause there's, cause there's just like this story is so hard. Like this struggle is so hard, but they made it look easy. <laughs> like well, <laughs> this I... movie like made it look easy, which is like so frustrating and upsetting. Mm. Like, right, do the real movie. Okay, so that's all I want. Yeah. I disagree with you too, actually, about this point. In particular, I think that they, I don't think they made it look easy in this, in this film. I feel like it was pretty clear. Like, I mean, we have a lot of scenes in which, you know, like he, like the first time we see him on the Navy boat, he's working in the kitchen and they're all talking about how like black people, yeah, you can be in the Navy, you can be a cook or you can be a valet and that's it. And that's what's happening. And then he goes and jumps in the water and like the people are looking at him, one person like he has to shove one person. They're look, you know. He jumps in the water. They're all they all kind of go float away from him. Somebody literally jumps in after him and chases him down. He gets put in the brig, uh, and then you see like, and then when he gets to the when he actually gets to the training center, like they literally every single white person there leaves. Robert De Niro, De Niro like hoses him down, like punches him, you know. Is, like there's a lot of stuff that happens, but at the end at the end of the day, they could only do so much. It wasn't like they couldn't kill him, you know. So I I feel like it, they were showing all that stuff. It was done in like in a very glossy manner because like that's this movie was so overly sentimental. Like had that score and like you know it's also one of those rah rah like military type movies where it's like we're men of honor like the military is the best thing you can do and that I, it's tr- you it, know it's tricky cuz i'm i'm in the, i fall i think i fall in the middle of both of you like i do think it's glossed over maybe not so much as james thinks but only because i've heard i've been reading about um homosexuals in the military mm-hmm. and the things that have been done to them and i'm like uh, those like they talk about some stories of like white guys mm-hmm. But also, it was like it was this black dude who told a story, and it was about how bad he was beaten, like he was almost beaten to death in his bed. Right, right. And I'm like, if this black guy not only shoved a white dude, like a white officer, in front of higher ranking officers, and then outran the fastest white guy, that like, I and the stories I'm reading are from the 80s, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I just don't know. I'm not saying I wanted to see him be brutalized in any way. But it's one of those things where I don't know how you get... Yeah. It's well, tricky. I guess I the question is, do. do you think that happened and they didn't put it in the movie? Or do you think that it didn't happen yeah. and that it, they should have put it in the movie? I just think it's, I don't know. I think it probably happened. The reason I say stuff like that is because I just... The more I research things, you realize how much people hate 
uh, each other mm-hmm. and the things they do because they don't value as a human. And I don't think they would have easily brushed him off like that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that. I don't. You can't nowadays. And even right now, you can't say certain things and get away with it that easy. I don't think that dude could literally. He he literally was in an area he wasn't supposed to be in. He pushed the officer and it outraced another one. It's to me the push well, part was fine, but like the right. the the being better is almost as worse than like punching a white guy in the face. Like you, you've outmanned him. You know, mm-hmm. masculinity yeah. is so toxic. And, and and to, and to what I was saying about like how they made it look easy, I'm not saying that they didn't show this stuff, right? Because they did show things being hard, but like. There was another movie that was like this too, and I can't remember which one it was. But we don't, we often don't see him then dealing, or even like if, if we don't see white people beating him up or whatever, if we also don't, if we don't see that, I feel like we also don't see him dealing with these things that are tough and hard for him. Like one, right. one example that, that I, I hate, okay? I hate this part of the movie now, and I didn't even remember it happening the first time, and I love this movie. But when, when he goes and he's the only one that stays behind and helps uh, uh, the guy whose who's, uh, air hole is pinned, air tube is pinned. Okay. So after that, they then can only award the white guy that went down. They can't right. award him at all. Right? Right. But the way that they tell this story is through the guy who's getting the reward. We, we, they're, they're so, they're tra- the camera is always trained on him. We get to see him feel bad about this. The camera stays on him after everyone leaves, but we never, I mean, yes, Cuba, uh, late, right after this has the phone call, I think, and, and we find out that his dad is dead and we see him cry, but like, we don't see him dealing with the fact that he couldn't get an award for being the person who saved someone's life. Like we don't see him deal with that at all. And that happens a lot when things happen to him. Like we don't get to then see him deal with the stuff and i'm sure he dealt with the stuff somehow i'm sure he didn't just go well it's okay see, and then uh, that was it <laughs> see, the, thing that's, the thing that's difficult about this and i'm always gonna keep bringing this up because i just i like tying things back mm-hmm. i feel like when we watched the movie race when we watched uh 24 20 42 24 we watched 42 we also kept saying those moments of yeah man like chadwick didn't have a time to like deal with what was happening because we saw it through the white guy's lens, right. you know? I mean, think of those movies in itself. Like, Race had, uh, uh, what's it, Jason Sudeikis. So we saw a lot through him. The other one had Harrison Ford. And I'm just like, what is it? What is it about our story that feels like it's not relatable enough to just have it be human-based? Because watching this movie, the reason I'm so sad about it, in all honesty, is that I think Cuba did a good job. Did a great job. I think Cuba in this movie, and the, this is the thing. The thing his dad harped on was like, be the best, right? Mm-hmm. Be the best. When you have a kid, what are you probably going to tell that kid? You have to be good. Yeah. Because you have to deal with not only the kid being like, whatever your financial status is, that that kid's going to be a black kid. Right. And that black kid's going to have a struggle from just being born, period. Right? Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at this movie, thinking about how good Cuba was in this movie, and not saying the other actors nominated for best actor that year weren't, but how great he has to be to be considered even worthy of getting an award versus how okay other actors have to be. Mm-hmm. And that, I don't think, has changed at all. The fact that we question Cuba Gooden Jr. is crazy to me now. Right. Yeah, so 
there, I, I see what you're saying, James. They're, they're, yeah, they, they are very... This movie, like a lot of these films, are very concerned with showing uh, white characters learn, uh, learning that racism is bad. Like, and that's kind of yeah. what happens. It's like, like the, you yeah. have the exceptional Negro who like withstands the, the, the racism, withstands all the storms, stays there no matter what, and then earns their, earns their respect um, by being the best. And they like, and then they finally are like, oh yeah, yeah. Cause that, that was it. So there were, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's also an interesting it's like this, and then the other thing about this movie is that we we kind of don't have time for that because we're so concerned with Robert De Niro's character arc, which isn't just tied to. But it's uh, a fictional this, character arc. I know man. that's what I'm saying. It's it doesn't like, even matter. And 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 it's and it's and it's not only tied to Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character, but it also is like him and his wife, and then like him and alcoholism, and like him and his like inability to like fa- come face-to-face with the fact that he can't dive anymore because he went and, like, saved somebody. But, like, by doing that, he messed up his lungs so that, like, the air pressure, if he goes that low again, would, like, you know, burst his lungs or whatever. So he would die immediately. So he can't... He literally can't dive anymore. How better of a story would that be if they put all that attention on Cuba? Because think about it. Cuba... Right. Cuba became hurt from saving two Navy men. Right. That was, yeah. And he could not die. Oh, my God. Well, that w- but, but hold on, but hold on. And, Cuba couldn't dive, and not only that, but Cuba willed himself to be able. Ugh, I can't go ahead, James. I can't even deal with. Well, that. but yeah, but and and then also with Robert De Niro being a fictional character, the reason that he dives the first time, and the reason that he rises to the occasion to dive the first time, is Master Chief Billy Sunday, who has an affliction of, to dive low, can't dive that low. Sir, you can't dive that low. I have to go. But did that happen? Like, what is that? A, like, he's not a real... Billy Sunday's not a real person. So is the person that uh, he is a mashup of someone I, that couldn't I, dive? Like, well, I don't know if that whole event happened. <sighs> like that. But, but, even, but, but even if that whole event didn't happen, right? Even if they're, like, trying to come up with a time that he was heroic. It's like... They're saying that the reason that he, the reason that it was allowed, this thing that was allowed to happen is because a white person couldn't do it was the only reason that he went down, you know? And this, and a white person that this movie is building up to be this tortured character, but they're not real. Like, like even if, even if the, even if this actual event didn't happen in real time, the the thing that they are showing us is um this is them also going closer together because he has an understanding of him but that wasn't even real like it's very upsetting and right, frustrating right uh, just so I'm just just to just to be clear like there are a lot of elements of this movie that aren't real and and this happens all the time in movies that are based on true stories they like make stuff up because of things course. things usually take longer like he he. It actually took him three years to pass uh, the class because the the test part was such a hard thing for him. He didn't just he just he didn't just, just study. And he didn't just, just study and, and 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 within weeks was able to pass these tests. Like he failed. Like he, he uh huh. But they ain't make it look easy. But they you know they, they have. This, 
Right. And I mean, like, this happens a lot. It's like, because it's like, you know, it's not, we don't, as a movie, we don't want to see three years go. Like, we we don't actually want to see that. We can say we want to, but then you have a movie like Ali where they try to show so many different moments of his life and and the movie feels all over the place. It's like, it's not interesting to watch. Um, You do condense stuff, you know. It's like it's like but yeah he was married card, three times. A card that says three years later after he's after he's like, I can do it, I can do it. I have a seventh grade education. I can do it. Yeah, but then you have Boom. different three characters. years later. The words three years later. That's amazing. No, no that is not. more amazing than he could just do it. <laughs> like that is that it. That makes me more invested in this in this person. Like that. It, I know it's not interesting to see on on. It's not interesting to see, but to experience like a three, a whole three years, and then now he's out, and now the woman that he was with in the beginning is gone because she can't wait three years. What? Oh my God! I am wrapped. Like I, I, I would have liked to see like if it did take that long, maybe there that there is that montage of him trying to study, which they did have. But maybe he, they would have it if him still failing. You know, it's like you still see, ah, uh, it's not happening in a month. Like, I had no clue how soon it was. I'm like, oh, he just passed the next test. So maybe, yeah, maybe you could have combined a little bit. Like, I do think it needed to go quick, but I think it is something interesting where it shows that things just don't happen overnight. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, that. I mean, that's the difference between movies and real, in real life. And, and I, I think, because essentially for me, like, movies are trying to embody the the spirit of something so that we feel it, like... It just it just feels more impressive to see him overcome this thing within like a week or two than to, to than than three years because I think three years it, in a weird way even though it's it's it is impressive that he kept that stamina and like went that long I think it actually undercuts the monumental achievement because I think people can watch and be like yeah it took three years like I can do it in three years if I studied you know what I mean like uh, yeah, there's just people ways are dumb. well you can say that but <laughs> you know yeah but like you're trying to reach a mass audience so uh, but anyway okay putting that aside like there are there are moments in this in this movie that for me really connected and it, and it, and it was with Cuba Gooding Jr's story in particular and, and like this like endless drive of like not getting giving up and they did do this right. They like they had the guy say, "I'm gonna write a letter, but it's not gonna matter." And it didn't matter. Like later on, when we get to Bayonne, New Jersey, and that's years later, you have you know uh, Sunday being like, "Oh yeah, you're the dude who wrote like a hundred letters, which is real." Yeah, you know, like so they they kept that fact in there, which was nice. And then like. They had it again with like him like staying out there all night and not eating and not drinking and then finally gets let in and then, you know, he gets to the barracks and everybody leaves and then you have Michael Rapport is the only one who stays and he's like, well, why'd you stay? I'm from I'm from Wisconsin, which is a funny. I didn't uh, racism in Wisconsin line. I, it, I I feel like it was, it wasn't even like we're not racist. It's like I don't know, we don't we're like liberal. We like we don't. We try to think we're not racist. You know what I mean? Uh, I got new. I was like, I don't even know what this means. I was like, I don't know what this means at all. Um, uh, and and also they're like they're supposed to be nice, you know. Uh, but I, I guess they were also trying to imply that like he had a stammer, and so they connected in some way that they were both, in some ways, outcasts. Um, and then you know he gets punished because he gets punched and like thrown 
over the water, and then he gets kicked out. Yeah, but uh, even before that, like um, that night is that that's the same night that um, yeah, it's the same. The first night, um, Robert De Niro just shows up in the middle of the night and hoses him down. Hoses him down. First off, this is what thing that people need to understand is that that's intense. I've been I've been brushed by a hose once. Mm-hmm. And that shit is painful. And I'm like, I remember just, and you probably have all seen the images from the 70s, not or the 50s, not too long ago, of people being hosed down, kids being hosed down. So to have that happen to you with your bare skin exposed, and yeah. he's doing it not, I mean, because the thing is, I think people don't understand, like, it knock, not only does it yeah, knock, knock you down, but it, it, it almost feels like it burns your skin. Right. And my, so and my man did that to him nonstop, to right. his face. And I'm supposed to like this guy? And then, and then like dunked his face in the water and like held it there. Why didn't he call him an N-word when he did it? Yeah, I'm sure he did. Uh he was using that he used the N-word very freely throughout the movie. Um and, and what does cookie mean? I don't know. Is that is that racial shit? Is that is We that think like it a- means uh I looked this up uh while I was watching. But it but it, online it only also just referenced men of honor. It didn't talk about anything else, but like uh, when you're black in the Navy, like, the, the chances are you're going to be a cook. And so Cookie is like he's a cook, but it also is sort of demeaning because it's like that's uh, that's what you do, you know. Oh, you right. He's a cook. Gotcha. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. And they did make, a, they did make references to that. Like, gotcha. what, are you gonna, what are you making? The last cook wasn't good and that kind of stuff. And so the idea is, like, he's, like, he's acing all these, he's passing all this stuff, but, you know, he's not good at tests, so he goes to this library, and that's where he meets his first wife. Uh, uh, with, uh, and then uh, she's studying to be a doctor. That wasn't. That's not real. Uh, she was like a beautician. They made her a doctor, I guess for prestige. Um, and but she like helps him, and then she like likes him. And, and this is this is the thing that it's like. I felt like the women got the short end of the stick in this movie, like by a long shot. Like they didn't. They didn't really get to have characters. Like she meets him, and then like falls in love with him like the next scene we see her and then is like and then like the next scene after that is like her like gonna going away in a taxi but then they get married and then like and then another scene is like her just leaving like divorcing so it, it was like this weird like we, we have no idea what she's really thinking about all of this no. um, James how do you pronounce her name I just call her I sister would say girl. ingenue ingenue or sister girl Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say this though. I did. It's tricky because I didn't mind them making her a doctor, but I thought that was going to mean more. Right. Like, like I, I was like, oh snap! Yeah, show that she has her own thing going. She don't need this dude. But I thought I don't know. I thought it was going to be a moment where, like, yeah, he would be too busy, and she's like, you know, what? I got my own thing going on. I'm gonna leave, and then leaves. You know, I thought it was. It felt like they said it because it was like. We want to make her feel powerful, mm-hmm. but he didn't do anything. Like they didn't. They just had her say one line and then had her support him, which again is big. But like you made it, you made it that her career would take precedence as well. So like, cool. I wish I would have saw her in the scrubs, at least at some point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know because there was this. <laughs> the reason I even looked up uh, the like whether that was true or not because I thought to myself, wait, this sounds like she could have her own. Movie, movie. Like, a movie. <laughs> like she's a black woman who like became a doctor in like the sixties. Like that's incredible. And then I was like, oh, it wasn't. Or the movie would have been great if it was just about them. 
Right. And, and and that's the thing is like, if we didn't have Charlize Theron and didn't have scenes with Robert De Niro and Charlize, we could have had more scenes with Cuba and Ingenue so that we understood their relationship more. And, and that, and apparently, apparently he had a drinking problem. Oh, I didn't know. That would have been great to know. But they gave Robert De Niro a drinking problem. And... And then also, and then also, Charlize Theron had like a drinking problem, and like that. See, honestly, her character was like, I just didn't, I didn't understand what was happening. Literally, with, that, with all of those mo- mo- moments, the moment she showed up, and this is this maybe fucked up, but I again, I keep saying, I'm reading about you know Tulsa, and the moment she shows up, I'm like this feels like almost everything the history books has taught us. You know, and, I, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying anybody's bad or evil, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, you know, you think about Tulsa, right? Mm-hmm. The whole thing's rumored to start because a black man whistled or like hit on a white woman, right, or had sex with one or something like that, um, and he was made to seem like he was the aggressor. He came after her, and the moment she walks up and she's talking to him, looks back at the door, looks at him, I'm like, this is that little shit that you can't defend right here. Like, this is the thing where at the end of the day, if, God forbid, they were in there, they got drunk or something happens, right. no one would ever believe this guy's story. Right. This and is the she technically got, she sent them in there to fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Like, go do something the about it. The second she showed up, the second she showed up, my friend and I were like, oh, somebody's about to die. Like, it was like, this yeah. is the end of something. Like, this looks like, this looks like very bad news. Right. And it kind of sucks because it completely undercut the emotion of him losing his dad. Like, it literally happens right, right. after yep. he gets this phone call. Like, he's still crying when she shows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, like, called Anjanu. Like, he mm-hmm. called, you know, his girlfriend and then, like, his girlfriend, like, comes to the bar. And, like, all, like, all of this, I was just like, this is so fake. Like, it, it, obviously, none of this ever happened. And, and like, you have both of these women in a Navy bar, which I, I just severely yeah. doubt that that would have even been allowed, let alone. And then, like, and then it's, like, this whole contest that happens, which is, like, cool. That part was, like, that scene was actually pretty dramatic. Yeah. And, uh, like, what a way to, like, add tension to yeah. something that, like, isn't visually that yeah. appealing. Yeah, uh, I, I thought cool. they did a, a really good job yeah, with that, and he, and he and he wins. But it was like, but then like he wins, and then like <laughs> just leaves. And I was like, I was like, you know that his dad just died, and he's dealing with this bullcrap. Why would you just leave? Because she wanted he wanted to fight that man. This is my I thing know, about, but my, like <sighs> my whole thing about this movie is like, throughout <laughs> all these scenes, the one that I want to keep harping on is like Cuba is giving you acting. Gold, bro. That's true. My man on the phone is giving you moments. Like, the one thing I was worried about was like, man, please don't let this white woman send you in here to get killed. And you saw, and this is, I, I, and I credit this to his performance. You see him look at her, know she's full of shit, but then get mad. So it's like, I know I shouldn't go in there. I know you just doing some bullshit right now, but I'm going to do it anyway because I'm pissed. And I like, I like that he had that ownership of his own action because at first I was like, she about to send you in here to get beat up, man. And he gave you that moment. But then also when the water was going, um, like, filling up the helmet, those little moments of him just, like, looking over at uh, Robert De Niro, and then he would look past the camera a little bit, which I'm assuming where his wife was supposed to be. So it was that thing of, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but I got to do this. You know, I got to get Right, I'm only going to get respect if I... I got to get it. And, I, and it sucks because it's which just... how he got respect in the beginning of the what, movie. What else could he have done acting-wise to get a nomination? Like, what, like for real, for real. He... he, he 
There's a biopic. Uh, plays a military person. Uh, plays a person living with a disability who still overcomes a challenge. Uh, he has he has a moment where, you know, he has several moments where he's like fighting oppression. He has several moments where he overcomes something. He has several moments of weakness, even though they're cut short, which I hate. Like they, like James said, they cut the dad short. They cut the moment of like him realizing that uh, he was just hosed down and like damn near drowned by the guy who's supposed to train him. Like he did the stuff. He couldn't get a golden globe. Like I don't know what else could he have like what what like you know what I'm saying like what else what else could he have done besides yeah. play a guy who maybe if they showed him get beat up. Maybe maybe if you physically saw violence towards him. He, no, I'm, I'm not even. I'm not even joking right, at this point. Like maybe if you would have saw physical violence happening towards him, he would have got it. Because mm-hmm. think about it. Every time I see a black dude who gets nominated, it's like, oh yeah, totally a slave. That nigga was a slave. You know what I'm saying? You mean Denzel ain't get it for Malcolm X? Will ain't get it for Ali? Like, but uh, sh- no, no. Up. But David Aiello didn't even get it for goddamn uh, Martin Luther King. And this is my thing. And this may be controversial. Daniel got it for Get Out, but Daniel's a victim for all of Get Out. Most of the movie until the very end, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's a black dude's getting beat up outside the entire time. That's Fit, literally physically put into a sunken place. I'm like, so what? I, so what do we say? What do we say? If it's a black dude who overcomes something, who's like has power, who's prideful, who is you know more like you than anything else, does that role get a nomination? Because the history of the Oscars hasn't shown that it is. I mean, who are the two black dudes who won an Oscar? Yeah, best best actor. We got Ray. Cool. That's in there. Jamie Foxx. Got Ray. Denzel Washington. Denzel got best act, best actor, actor for, for Training Day. Training Day. Training Day. <clears throat> and uh, Sydney Sydney Portier. This movie makes me sad, man. Because I'm like, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking for real, for real. Because uh, you would have made this movie. Of course, Whitaker. Like you would have made this movie. I mean, of course. No, this movie on like, paper is. Uh, of course, why would you not make this? You'd have made Robert. You'd have made this movie. And of course, is, the story is incredible, and the performance in it is good. Like, but people don't talk about this movie in a good way, though. No, it, it was considered, and and it's because the, it's. I think it's because this Robert De Niro character is unnecessary. Like, they didn't need to fabricate it. If anything, if you wanted to have, if you wanted to have him like be a big role, just focus. Just have like the primary focus on. Him, you know, graduating this school, you have him there. But when it leaves, you know, you you kind of abandon this guy and just go somewhere else. And like, because this ne- the next chapter is also very interesting. Because after he, gra- I mean, like the the climactic moment of well, well, he saves the dude and he doesn't get that medal, which we saw, um, which is probably made up, but that was cool. And then you had the end where he all he has to do is pass this test, uh, and and they. They rig it so that he can't pass. So they they cut open his tool bag uh, before they drop it in. Uh, so all of his tools go everywhere, and so it takes people hours. And the water's freezing cold, and uh, he's there for nine hours. I couldn't find if this was real or not. I mean, that's so if that if that happened, that's incredible. So he's under the water for nine hours, like almost freezes to death, um, and the and the. <laughs> And then you have like this super racist, <laughs> like you always have to have like the super racist to make like the people who are, are racist, but then they learn like not look that bad. So you have the super racist who's just like 
you know, there may be a day where that happens, but not today. You know, also, don't his, pull him up. Let him drown. Also, his racism came out of nowhere to me because it was like when he first showed up, when Cuba first showed up, they just said the guy was slow, right? Remember, it was like they, you know, he was a, he was a war hero. They wanted to um, put him somewhere else, right. but they couldn't, so they left him here. The first time we really knew he was racist was the medal because you could see that Robert yeah. De Niro's that Sunday wanted to give Cuba the medal, but he like looks up and like that guy's like staring, and so yeah. instead he gives the other guy the medal, and the yeah. guy's like. Mm, and he like goes back and you're like, oh, I guess that dude's yeah. super racist. Yes, he's super racist. I, <laughs> I will say this, man. That that moment of like when when his wife shows up, when sister girl gets there, and like you just hear him over the radio. And the thing is, if they're so crazy, which I'm happy they did do, they had they made sure you saw the bolts, like the bolts and the and the nuts and how small it really was. And yeah. the fact that he's looking at this on an ocean floor, bruh. Like uh, I don't even care if it was fake. I'm like that scene. Just sh- to me, that scene shows what people of color got. Right, that was great. And then it feels like there's a like you can watch that and you're like, all right, this is the end of the movie. But there's actually like 45 minutes. Left. I know. I thought that was it too. Um, and 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 at first I was like, why? And then I was like, oh well, this the fact that he. So it's like, and then that's when we cut back from the first scene. We see that scene again, and then we see he's like searching for this. You know, nuclear bomb. They made up this you like the submarine thing. Of course they did. I mean, what? Oh, the really? Flip? Yeah. Like, I was like, yeah. I was like, he survived. I mean, that like was that? insane. It was like, if that's real, this is insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's like one of those action scenes where you're just like, you're like, this is like the obligatory, you know, action scene that they have to add because it's like too boring, like for him to just be searching, <laughs> searching for a nuke on the ocean floor. It's like so much cooler that a Russian submarine comes out of nowhere. He has to run and not like get cut up. Um, so, but then, yeah, he finds a nuke. Then he goes up. The thing is, though, that nuke thing made the made the amputee stuff feel like, like, what the flip, man? This dude's going through yeah, everything. I, I, yeah, my man had to do what now? <laughs> Yeah, it was like that was a day. Like <laughs> his day was, oh man, I can't find the nuke. Oh shit, that's a submarine. Oh my god, like oh I found it. Oh my leg. Like what kind of a that day and was, it was insane. brutal. <laughs> like, that that shot yeah. of his leg was brutal. Also, I want to give a special shout out to Cuba Goodness mustache. That was a good mustache, bro. I was like, yeah. my man. <sighs> yeah, he was wearing that mustache. My thing about this whole movie though. <laughs> Drew, I just sigh like how you not give this man an Oscar with that mustache? Yeah, I'm, I'm saying you think about <laughs> this movie. He did every he he, he gave ages, you mustache acting. He ages. He goes from like what he's supposed to be like a teenager at first. All of a sudden now he's at the end when he gets to FUT Lake. He's rocking the afro and he gives you this scene to me because again I feel like I bring this up a lot of times. We review movies. I always think about the the Oscar like clip they're gonna show before your name. He had the moment. After he gets out of the water and he puts the uh, the thing together and he's like just blackened, like blue, and he just looks up and does one small thing that I noticed. He just sits up and puts his shoulders up and looks directly at Robert De Niro. That's an Oscar moment, baby. When he's in that chair after his, I mean, when he's in the hospital bed mm-hmm. and his wife comes in and she's screaming at him, tell me this is about you, give me that honesty. And like he looks away at his dad, looks back at her, and then just like softly cries for a second. I was like, dude, my man is... What else, bro? Like, that's the moment. Mm-hmm. That's a moment, man. Then you cut to the end, bro. And as he's getting on this motherfucking suit, the fear of him getting the suit on, the, 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 the pain of him standing up in that suit, and the moment he has to will himself to stand back up on step eight, 
My man deserves an Oscar, bro. His afro deserves an Oscar, John. <laughs> yeah. But uh, okay, now I don't. Wait, I don't understand. The afro. <laughs> the afro wasn't even uh, a big afro. It was a little cush afro. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, he, I mean, <laughs> incredible that he literally gets his leg amputated, has a prosthetic leg, and then like trains and and, and comes back active duty like it's insane and he didn't retire if you watch the um at the end yeah until nine years later yeah, was, nine years later <laughs> and i was like wait did he go on dives like he must have he had to have. he he had to have. uh and he became master chief yeah uh, he got something. The uh, something that I just wanted to also say on the podcast that is a, that is an unnecessary anecdote, and it's going to be feel meaningless to everyone listening. But uh, something that I have remembered since the first time I saw this movie is um, is an ad lib that my mom yelled out while she was watching it, which was um, uh, so like at the <laughs> so at the end when uh, when my man walks out to do the to do the hearing, and it's like the evil dude, and we hate him. We already we hate him at this point. She like she sucked her teeth. And went, I can't stand him, and then or something like that. But then this is the specific thing that I remember her saying is when after after Cuba goes the greatest tradition of all, and then he goes and what is that? <laughs> My mom goes, uh, see he don't even know. <laughs> and that, I don't know why this has stuck uh, with me for so long. <laughs> but, but she uh, that's was just, so funny. She <laughs> hated that he didn't know so much. Like. <laughs> And I, I don't think I will ever forget that. Um, uh, See, so kudos to the writing even. and to that actor <laughs> uh, for that moment. That um, actor, because uh, <laughs> he reminded me so much of Topher Grace. That actor, I thought it was Topher Grace almost the entire time. So I realized I kept being like, "Man, he looks so much like Topher Grace." Just like Topher Grace, but he, he was does he feel was like good. Topher Grace. He was good. He had that like very like like you know like this is the new Navy now. Like was, it's a like <laughs> the new rule book states that you can't be helped up. Who wrote? How, how, how would you, you know that? I wrote it. Like, oh, he was like, such. Oh, no. he had it all there. And I love the other dude was like, wait a minute, were you the guy who blah 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 and held his breath for four minutes? Five, sir. <laughs> he can stay. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I, I, I was, was like, like, what? See, like that's the kind of stuff that I I want so bad. Like. Yo, man, I, I would be in... Ah, just give me those under fives, and man. you're in like, every movie just doing yo, those lines. Man, I like, give me that kind of moment. Like, I love it. That's such a great moment. Like, ha, he could stay. I was like, who is this dude? This dude is awesome. <laughs> His delivery is great. His delivery is everything. I want to know about this character. Like, yo, who is he? <laughs> Honestly, that movie, I, I just don't like... I just don't like the way Cuba was looking at that man when he was leaving. It's right. irked me. Yeah. And also, I was like, so so... All of a sudden, the last time, like before that, we see Robert De Niro. He's down and out. You know, his his wife is there, and like, I guess he's in what a mental mental institute or something. Oh, right, that's this is earlier. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, the next time we see him, he's here to help uh, Cuba. Hey, I made some calls. Like, nigga, where where you been? Where you in the mental house? Like, what? Like, what happened? We don't even. Oh, I think what we were supposed to sur- surmise is that he sees. He sees uh, Cuba in the newspaper and is like, and he and like that inspires him to get out. So his life worth comes from helping out this dude. So his yeah. life worth isn't doing something for yourself. It's like, oh, what? This is a, like not even, not even. He's like living vicariously through him. But he, even, even the thing is, my big question was like, why is he doing it? And when Cuba asked, like, asked that question, he goes, 
uh, I like pissing people off. I'm like, fuck you, dude. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? But because, this, is yeah. the, this is the thing of like, this is a fake. This is when you're like, this is a fake dude and we didn't need any of this. We don't need, we don't need a white man to be the one in the room going like, you got three, give me three more cookie. You're going to give me three more. Mm-hmm. And like, that is the thing that pushes it. I, I understand from a movie standpoint, but like also from a movie standpoint, you could have had him hit that ninth step, start to buckle, and then like have his wife be like, you can do it, baby. And both of those things would be fake. Yeah. But one of them includes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or have his yeah. kid, or have his kid be like, Dad, I believe in you. You know, don't quit. Have his kid say, Don't quit. And that yeah. and now now you got three generations of black folk. You got his father tell, yeah. being reminded of not to quit. And now his son is telling him not to quit. It's like, it's like you can fake a lot of things, and there are more powerful things than like this random white dude that you made up. Yeah. You know what and I it's mean? A, it's like, a better story. It's a better story. Like, I, like I, I, will, I was like, you know, uh, chatting throughout the whole movie because I loved it and, you know, just talking about things that, that were happening. But the second he gets on the suit, the second he does the walk, and the second Robert De Niro's like, cookie, give me my 12 or whatever, it's like, oh, shit. Like, I was like wrapped. I was so in it. But it is, it is, but it is arguably the worst part of the movie, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> because, it just, it's, yeah. <laughs> because it's like a, it's a fake thing, and it and it and it's for for the for the journey that this man really went on. It's it's telling us that he needed this white man to get here. Also, these later scenes sort of taint sort of taint how we look at uh, Cuba's. Uh, or, or sorry, Carl, Carl Bashir's goals even, right? Because like he's there, he wants to be master chief, which is which we have learned is a very high rank. It's the highest rank or whatever. And um and and most people don't get there. So we know that James, it's that it's important. James, just so oh, you what? know, Go. uh I don't know if you, you or John knew this, but I am also a master chief. You know what I mean? I played many oh. Halo. I played mini Halo back in the day. And, oh, uh, okay. You're also a master chief. So I'm well, then maybe it, was, it is um, easier to. Maybe it's easier to. No, 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 no. It there. was it. It took me hours. Wow. It took me hours and hours to achieve that goal. Wow. But uh, just saying. All right. See me on the Halo. Well, sticks. so but I'm Seem saying so. Sticks. Like we know that he's trying to get this goal that I guess only takes a few hours to get. But the, what these last scenes? What these last scenes of the movie? particularly make it seem like it seems like because they've hot they've combined all these people into one person it seems like he just really admires robert de niro and wants to be like him like like not some really tough strong master chief he saw how a master chief early on in his career worked and he was like that's that's it i want to do that i want to be like that but instead it makes it look like he admires this one dude who is who is a mess who they who they've painted to be a complete mess. <laughs> and maybe he did an honorable thing once or twice, but is a, is a, is a mess. And the, and the movie makes it seem like the guy who was the first African-American and also the first amputee to ever return to active duty in the Navy, the reason that he reached these heights is it sort of starts to go away from the never forgets and his father's message. And it, start, and it starts to look more like he just wants to be like Robert De Niro. And it's really, it's really, um, I think it's a real crime and a real shame uh, to the end of the movie, for sure. No, man. Hey, hey. Can I, can I just take a second? Talk to Hollywood real quick? Yeah. Do it. 
Hollywood, I'm gonna make this quick, man. Y'all gotta stop doing this. And I'm gonna tell you this. When I get on, I'm gonna talk about it nonstop. You don't need to make a movie about a person of color and just add a fictional character in it. If you, if you feel like, honestly, and I mean this truthfully, if you watch a movie and you feel like the story of the woman or person of color isn't strong enough that you have to add a white dude in it, fuck you. I, re- I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Fuck you. Because the thing is, at every time I grew up, no one ever questions someone else's story or struggle. The fact that I'm looking at these movies, like we just named four. Like I can, I can talk about 42. We can talk about race. We can talk about this movie. We can talk about hidden figures. Like these things don't exist. Like why do we have to keep adding something and see it through someone's eyes? Like there's so many different layers to people. And if you're going to have a movie like, what is a, a white equivalent to this movie? Uh, 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 Hacksaw Ridge? Oh, we're going to have Hacksaw Ridge. Yes, yes, yes. He was dealing with being a pacifist. My thing is, does he have a black friend in that movie? Is there, is there, is there another white guy that you're like, oh man, why is this other white dude in this movie so much? No, because it focuses on him. We get to see his story and his struggle, and we don't question why his struggle is genuine or like valid. That's true. I was trying to think. I was like, they have Vince uh, Vaughn, but he's not he's in not the whole in, movie. He's not in it that much. Yeah, he's not in it because we don't. We don't. If it's the white guy in the movie, mm-hmm. we don't question his validation at all. Right. We don't question whether people are going to be able to accept it. We don't question. My thing is this: people are bad. Period. That goes for black, white, man. People are bad, and so if in this movie, the the, the sergeant is the asshole. The sergeant needs to be the asshole. You know what I mean? Just let the black person or woman just rock out, man. And then again, like James said, no, John said, the women in this movie don't really serve a purpose, which I feel like happens so often when there's a movie about a man struggling. The woman is only there for side candy. They're only there to like help facilitate that man's struggle or that man, whatever he's dealing with. We can be better and we can do it tomorrow. I think people always are like, oh, how come you get so mad? Like, you could change it tomorrow. If we wrote a movie tomorrow, we're like, okay, we know the shit we complain about on, on this show. Cool. Let's just not do that. That's it. Right. Like, let's just not. Yo, I'm telling you, there's going to be a movie coming out soon. Okay. Like, no, I'm just assuming there's going to be a movie coming out. We're like, oh, man, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Oh, what was the movie we watched last year with, with uh, Idris? Uh, which one? Uh, 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 oh, the, the book one. Um, the Stephen King? Stephen King one. Yeah. Like, so unnecessary. So unnecessary to have that kid there. But, like, he was there. The you know Dark I mean? Tower. Dark Tower. Uh, this stuff makes me exhausted, man. All right. Exhaust. Be better. <sighs> All right. Uh, let's keep it going. Oh, wait, you guys. Wait, wait, you guys. Yeah, yeah, bro. So, I, we all, everybody, did, has everyone seen Men of Honor? James, we just. Don't had ask a, a dumb question. Why you always ask that? We, yeah, we just. We, what? We just, yeah, we're talking okay, about Okay, I couldn't, I wasn't sure. No, wait. So, you know what's crazy about it? Because I, cause, cause I, I, I thought I was done talking about this. I really did think I was done. But I realized, because there's this character, there's a character in this, her name is Gwen Sunday. Right? Don't make me hang up on you. And Char- Charlize Theron plays the, wait, no, 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 hear me out. Charlize Theron plays the part. And then I realized, I did some research. Oh, shit. I went on the Hancock pages. I went on the Hancock pages. This is a prequel to Hancock. Cause wait no, cause cause look, cause cause oh this is what God. happened. This is what happened in the story. It falls it falls in the timeline right after you know he gets beat up. They got the they got the they got the you know the the Boris Karloff Frankenstein tickets in their pocket. He gets beat up. 
then she don't see him no more. Then she don't see him no more. And then she realized she has to like, she has to like slip into, she has to like infiltrate um, uh, like American society. And so then she goes undercover as Gwen Sunday. All and right. then and, no, and then she and then she marries Billy Sunday, you know. But then after this, J- but then uh, after this uh-huh. is when the events of Hancock happen. I don't okay. Yeah, hey man. Can we wrap this up? Yeah, man. This James, you're doing this is great. No, for real, I for real. I think I saw it on the on the on the Hancock pages. Okay. It's time for the cause. Uh <laughs> We rate and review films not based on how much we like them, but how much they help the cause of more leading black actors in Hollywood. If we believe this film fully helped the cause, we give it a black fist. If we, if we believe it somewhat helped the cause, we give it a white pop. If we're like, man, this movie didn't help the cause. I'm sorry. We don't give it anything. You guys ready? Ooh, tough one. I'm not ready. I will honestly say that I'm Honest, not ready. Yeah, I'm I have no clue what I'm about to get this, to be real. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Count of three. One. Two. Three. Uh, what'd you give it, James? Okay, so I get it's a hybrid. Okay, I gave it a hybrid rating. Oh okay? my god! It's a, it's a palm. I got a palm up. Did a white just palm. The t- but the tips, but the tips of my fingers are down a little bit. That makes no. And that's sense. like it's like it's like almost a fist. <laughs> that the, makes all right, sense. all right. It's it got like, two white. It got two white. <laughs> it's it a hybrid. T- <laughs> it got two white palms and one black fist. James, talk about your hybrid. Why? You <laughs> okay, all right. Why did you I give it? A, I gave it a hybrid. So this is why I I I was almost positive I was going to give it a palm because of just because of how they sort of it's very revisionist history. And they are very much elevating this white man who didn't exist. Um, uh, and this is uh, the story of the first African-American U.S. Navy diver and also the first amputee ever to be uh, uh, returned to active duty. Um, but it's told through the lens of this white man and, uh, and, through, and through other white people. And, uh, and I'm just uh, really uh, sick and tired of seeing that shit, okay? Um, but the reason that I gave it a, a hybrid is because Cuba is the fucking man and he like destroys this part and and George Til- Tillman Jr is a is a bomb director who's doing his thing okay so like i i mean i i feel bad not giving it a not giving it a full fist but but in thinking about this movie it's like like we need more movies directed by, by black people. We need more movies starring black people. We need more movies about these stories that are not told. We need these. We need them. Um, but we do not ever need to feel like, yes, look at those white people. Look at that white man who had rested on his shoulders the burden of helping this black man. Like, can you believe it? Oh, my God. Can you believe that the white guy, like, got the medal and he was, like, sad about Like, he's, like, crying, you guys. Like, oh, my God. Like, oh, what? oh my God. He came back. He came back and now he's there and he's telling him that he needs his 12. Oh, my God. Is cookie a race racial term? I don't know. Oh, my God. I, I'm I'm sick of that shit. I'm sick of it. 
Um, and so th- the movie itself, because of that, I couldn't give it a full fist. Um, but because Cuba is giving you life in this and the dad in the first scene, yo, my man is killing it because of that. Um, uh, you know, that's why I developed the hybrid palm. All right. Thank you, James. That was very, that was something dramatic. That was, that was, that was, that was it. That was, you know, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, I mean, I could go, man. I gave it, I gave it a white palm because, uh, of how the movie was received, which, says more so about Hollywood, not necessarily the movie, but also finding out that Robert De Niro's character doesn't exist, never was getting a fist. Like, it was just, ne- it was just never getting a fist. And it sucks because I really do think this movie, you know sometimes you hear rumors about someone, like someone's an asshole or they're difficult or whatever. I feel like because of this movie and because of the movie we will do next, radio, uh, I had a particular thought of Cuba Gooding's acting. You know what I mean? Like I thought like he was just bad, right? I mean, because he did, you know, we hear about Snow Dogs. We hear about Boat Trip. Mm-hmm. We hear about Daddy Daycare 2. Rat Race. Rat Race. And we hear about those movies. But even if you size those movies up with, you know, Boys in the Hood, uh, Jerry Maguire, and in this one, it's like he has shown he can't act. He's shown you even on People vs. O.J. Simpson, he can act. And it just sucks because... Who are the people deciding who's good and who is it? Because clearly, I don't think, I think people expect a certain type of black person. You know what I mean? I think people expect a type of representation, a type of look, a type of, a type of aggression, maybe. And watching this movie, I realized Cuba Gooding is a smiling black dude. He's a happy, like Cuba Gooding Jr.'s smile might be one of the best smiles in the business. He's a happy ass dude. Right. Even in scenes where it's like, he has to be tough. He's tough, but he doesn't have that bravado Denzel has. He doesn't have that like that that swag that you normally would think of a brother who can like walk down the street with a with a you know cock to the side with a little pip in his step. You know what I'm saying? Like he's, but then he's also not fast talky and big as a Will Smith. You know, he is the every dude. But to me, he proves that we don't have one, and I'm not sure what it will take to get one because. We may never have, I hopefully will, but right now we don't have a movie where you get to stand alone and just be a black guy dealing with something. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. The realization of like watching this movie just made me feel bad. Because that's right. the roles I actually want. And I'm like, oh yeah, if Cuba, like, Cuba had every opportunity to get it and he didn't. Or he tried to. Yeah, he did. He just, it, 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 it found, it, it just kind of it yeah. went it got away and then like and then yeah he, and then the roles were not coming in as much and then yeah we'll talk about that more in next episode but I gave this movie a black fist because uh, I do think it's his best acting performance I do think that though it didn't get the award recognition it should have I think a lot of people know about it even if they haven't maybe seen it it, it did fairly well box office wise so it wasn't a bomb. Uh, it was a great. It was a story that needed to be told. I I want more stories like this to be told, and and um, uh, it's it's actually somewhat rare. I, obviously, people like telling stories about like uh, uh, black people like overcoming racism and, and white people like learning not to be racist. But um, there is some, it, there is something nice about like talking about real 
African Americans who have achieved like really great things in this country and how awesome that is. And and the and the fact of the matter is it wasn't just about racism because that was the first part, but then like the second part of his life was like being an amputee and then showing that you know his career wasn't over and, and um and I think that's really great for uh you know uh, d- differently abled people to like see like it's it, it's a it's an awesome thing and they they didn't really lean on that as much um, as I think they probably could have but but it was still in there and that was and that was cool so that's why I gave it a black face because you know Cuba did I think I think at this point of his career Cuba had a bad string of movies that all failed both critically. And box office wise, and this one gave him another up. It like gave him an extra yeah. life, uh, and then we'll talk about what he did with that extra life. All right, uh, oh, so yeah. you know thank you next. guys so much. Um, uh, just so you know, you can follow us at Blackman Podcast. Blackmanpodcast.com is our website. Um, we're on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you rate and review us on iTunes, give us five stars. We'll read your reviews on the air. And we're going to do that after uh, our personal plugs. Me, you can follow me at John Braylock on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, James? You can follow me at James Third Comedy, James Third Comedy dot com. Third is 3RD. And if you are in LA this week, I am doing the show Hidden Fences. Um, uh, you can find out <laughs> it's at a uh, dynasty typewriter, um, uh, on Thursday and Friday at some time <laughs> that is not in front of me. So I don't know. Great, great job. But Thursday and Friday, dynasty typewriter, hidden fences, uh, come see it. Tickets are like $15. Lit. Uh, you can just follow me at Gerard Milligan on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess here I'll plug. Uh, uh, if you're in New York City, uh, come see Astronomy Club. We're going to be performing at UCB East Village uh, the Tuesday, or sorry, Tuesday, Monday the 11th at uh, 9 p.m. at UCB East. Also, if uh, you like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, four seasons out, I'm on the first episode. Uh oh, Liddy. Uh, some fans have reached out already. So, yeah, uh, that's out on Netflix now. And I'm in another episode, which was fun. Uh, and now, so uh, I'm just going to read this review really quickly. We have a review from Deviant Soul. Uh, and it's called Part of the Solution. Uh, I've been a listener for so long. I'm ashamed of myself for not leaving a review or at least the rating. I've heard all the episodes. It's great when you guys are excited about a movie or when a movie makes y'all think more than expected. Phoebe is a riot when she visits and the Mm -hmm. episode with all women was spectacular. Keep up the good work. I'll keep listening and sharing with friends. Thank you so much. That was so nice. Uh, Next week, we will be ending our Cuba Gooding Jr. saga. So if you're like, oh, thank God, then it's happening. Um, uh, Next week, we will be reviewing the film Radio. 2003 Disney movie radio uh, that may or may not have kind of put that nail in that leading actor coffin. Yeah, boy. Uh, We'll talk about it, but we'll see you guys next week. Peace. That was a HeadGum Podcast. 
What's up, Black Men Can't Jump comic book fans? James III here to talk to you about my comic series, Junior, available now on Kickstarter. The ghost with the most past due child support is back in four brand new issues of this semi-autobiographical supernatural comic series. It's got all sorts of spooky hijinks for fans of Beetlejuice, The Good Place, and The Mummy, stuff like that, and features award-winning artists from Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, and more. It's available on Kickstarter through June 9th. Go to ruleof3inc.com or follow me at ruleof3inc on IG for more details. Donate today!